Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Transformation Radio. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Before I lift my cares, I will lift my arms I want to know you, I want to find you In every season, in every moment Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart And seek you As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 5, 
verses 1 through 25. Men in the ministry can avoid improper attitudes toward women by treating them as family members. If men see women as fellow members in God's family, they will protect them and help them grow spiritually. Paul, the apostle, wanted Christian families to be as self-supporting as possible. He insisted that children and grandchildren take care of the widows and their families. He suggested that younger widows remarry and start new families. From the beginning, the church took care of its widows, who in turn gave valuable service to the church. Healthy homes remain the best possible training environment for children. When it comes to caring for relatives and honoring parents, children take most of their cues by watching how mom and dad honor the grandparents. If our children see the way we as parents care for our parents, they will understand the importance of such honor for us in the future. Healthy, practical honor becomes a priceless gift that one generation gives to another. Disrespect and lack of care provide harmful examples that will eventually turn on us. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. October 20th, the New Testament. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through 25. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully, as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Now a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for His help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least sixty years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? The younger widows should not be on the list, because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ, and they will want to remarry. Then they would be guilty of breaking their previous pledge. And if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business, and talking about things they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to marry again, have children, and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them. For I am afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for the widows who are truly alone. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, 
especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the Scripture says, You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And, in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. Those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as a strong warning to others. I solemnly command you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and the holy angels to obey these instructions without taking sides or showing favoritism to anyone. Never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. Do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach, because you are sick so often. Remember, the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment. But there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious, and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light. Psalm 89, verses 14 through 37. David is promised to have God's power to accomplish God's will. This is an amazing promise that we'll read about here today. God promised that David's descendants would always sit on the throne, but that if the people disobeyed, they would be punished. Yet, even through their disobedience and punishment, God would never break faith with them. Israel did disobey, evil ran rampant, the nation was divided, exile came, but through it all, a remnant of God's people remained faithful. Well, centuries later, the Messiah arrived, the eternal king from David's line, just as God had promised. All that God promises, He fulfills. You can count on it. He will not take back even one word of what He says. God can also be trusted to save us as He promised He would. God is completely reliable. Psalm 89, verses 14 through 17. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Unfailing love and truth walk before you as attendants. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. They exult in your righteousness. You are their glorious strength. It pleases you to make us strong. Yes, our protection comes from the Lord, and He, the Holy One of Israel, has given us our King. Long ago you spoke in a vision to your faithful people. You said, I have raised up a warrior. I have selected him from the common people to be king. I have found my servant David. I have anointed him with my holy oil. I will steady him with my hand. With my powerful arm, I will make him strong. His enemies will not defeat him nor will the wicked overpower him. I will beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. My faithfulness and unfailing love will be with him, and by my authority he will grow in power. I will extend his rule over the sea, his dominion over the rivers, and he will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will make him my firstborn son the mightiest king on earth. I will love him and be kind to him forever. My covenant with him will never end. I will preserve an heir for him. His throne will be as endless as the days of heaven. But if his descendants forsake my instructions and fail to obey my regulations, 
If they do not obey my decrees and fail to keep my commands, then I will punish their sin with the rod and their disobedience with beating. I will never stop loving him nor fail to keep my promise to him. No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David, and in my holiness I cannot lie. His dynasty will go on forever. His kingdom will endure as the sun. It will be as eternal as the moon, my faithful witness in the sky. Interlude Proverbs chapter 25, verses 25 through 27 Good news from far away is like cold water to the thirsty. If the godly give in to the wicked, it's like polluting a fountain or muddying a spring. It's not good to eat too much honey, and it's not good to seek honors for yourself.
apart from this world that shares my fate. This one last bullet you mentioned, it's my one last shot of redemption. Cause I know to live, you must give your life away. Never been housing all this doubt and insecurity. That I fell into by mistake I gotta get out of here And I'm begging you, I'm begging you I'm begging you to be my escape Giving up, I'm doing this alone now Cause I failed and I'm ready to be shown out You told me the way and now I'm trying to get there And this life sentence that I'm serving I admit that I'm every bit deserving But the beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair I've been housing all this doubt and insecurity I've been locked inside that house All the while you hold the key I've been dying to get out And that might be the death of me And even though there's no way of knowing Where to go I promise I'm going because I gotta get out of here Cause I'm afraid that this complacency Is something I can't shake